Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today we will be discussing Bran Chapter 2 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening. Okay, so today in the news, uh, this actually happened a couple days ago as it was announced, uh, but the Game of Thrones creators, uh, the writers uh, that did the last few um, seasons of Game of Thrones, just got a multi-million dollar deal to bring a new sci-fi fantasy to Netflix. Um, so the article that I posted is from Forbes magazine, um, and Netflix quoted it um, as, as a multi-million dollar project, but it's based on a book called The Three-Body Problem. Um, and Three-Body Problem is this book that Netflix said is about humanity's first ever contact with an alien civilization. So it should be some like crazy sci-fi stuff yeah. that they're going to come up with now. Is there like a trailer out or anything? No, they just got the deal. Oh, okay. So, so they're probably like making it. They were right probably now. writing it and making it. Um, Olivia, we should probably remember to post the Forbes article so that yeah. they can read up on it if they would like as well. If you'd like. I can do that. Okay, so the Martin message for this week. Um, so last week on September 20th, our dear author and creator of the world of Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, celebrated his 72nd birthday. Um, so huge happy birthday shout out to George. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, on his blog, he wrote about how he celebrated his day. I'm not going to read the whole thing word for word because it is pretty long. Um, but I'm going to highlight some stuff that he wrote about how he celebrated. So first he said his wife Paris visit hi- visited him at his cabin for the first time brought him a piece of art. Um, he said it was a wolf. I'm not sure what kind of art. might be a sculpture or something, but he said it was um, the same as his ravens. So, yeah. Um, his assistant, who used to own her own pastry shop, made him a cake. He posted a picture, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. It has a bunch of red and orange flowers with, like, some green vines coming off of it. And he said it was a red velvet and cream cheese frosting cake. Sounds delicious. He got some other gifts from his friends and family, including vinyl albums, old Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers radio dramas, and an album of JFK's speeches. Then he spent the evening watching the Emmy Awards. He said it was nice to just watch it from home for a change instead of attending. So, sounds like he had a great birthday. So, happy birthday, George. All right, so next we're going to read the listener answers from last week. Um, the first question from last week was, would you rather do needlework or spar? Hannah said, can I say neither? Like, I can see where Gabby's at with the gossip, but needlework is so tedious. But then with sparring, I think I would just get frustrated and mad because I'd lose. If there was, like, painting or playing, like, tag or something, I'd be so down for that. Yes, and if you know Hannah, she's very <laughs> competitive, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Clayton said, I'd probably pick sparring. Can't imagine I'm very good at needle point. Same. And then Lexi said, I would for sure choose sparring any day. The second question was, what is your opinion on Joffrey right now? Hannah said, right now seems like a spoiled brat who thinks much more of himself than he actually is. I would say it's pretty accurate. Um, Clayton said, just an entitled kid at this point. Also very true. And Lexi said, I always thought Joffrey was a prick with a capital P. <laughs> yes, Lexi. I completely agree with that. And then the third and last question was, what do you think Arya's punishment was? 
Uh, Hannah said probably do some chores like helping out the maids and cooks. If she's being punished, might as well put her to work. Then probably make her take extra needlework classes. Yep, that's just exactly what I said. Probably make her needlework to the point where her fingers bleed. Um, and then Clayton said, I wouldn't think too severe. Probably just a talking to or like Hannah said, some chores. And then Lexi said she was probably forced to do ladylike things. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for sending your answers in. Uh, let's keep doing that. They, I, We absolutely love reading them. All right. Um, so our review of last episode. So we were with Arya during one of her needleworking classes where we kind of got to see how Arya, Sansa, and the other girls get along and didn't exactly go well. No. Um, um, but we also get to see Arya and John, who have a particularly close relationship. Um, and we get to watch, we read about them as they're watching some of the younger boys spar in the practice arena. The summary uh, from this episode, uh, what we're about to do is we find ourselves in Winterfell this time again. <laughs> um, and Bran is kind of climbing around the castle um, and he's describing some of the best climbing points and all the things that he likes to describe about this castle um, and what he likes to do um, and the different layouts of Winterfell. Uh, and then he stumbles upon someone and something he's not supposed to hear or see for that matter. And tragedy thus ensues. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, okay, so our wine for tonight. First of all, before I even get into the wine, I just wanted to point out and tell you guys, we actually, all three of us just had birthdays over this, what, a week-ish ago? Week, well, yeah. by the time this comes out, it'll be a month. Yes, okay. So <laughs> a month ago. We'll say a month-ish ago. Yeah. Um, and our, my dear sister, Lexi, who is kind of an honorary member at this yeah. point. Um, she's actually sitting with us right now. Say hi, Lexi. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, she actually surprised us all with our own little wine glasses to go with the podcast. Yeah. So mine says, you know nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> mine says, I drink and I know things. Tyrion. Quote and from my favorite character. <laughs> mine is Mother of Dragons. And then Lexi has one that says, hold the door. That's it. Spoiler alert. Don't. We're not going to get into that. Nope. Um, <laughs> Don't want to ruin that for you. So the wine that I chose, it's a rosé. Um, it's from St. Julian, which is a... Which is right down the corner yeah, from here, actually. Yeah, I mean, literally, we could yeah. go hang out there if we wanted to. Shout out to Michigan wineries. Woo-woo. West, West Michigan, yeah. <laughs> and it's called Native Root. Um, I have a very specific reason in my little blurb that we picked this, that I will make sure to point out to you guys when I get there, but we're gonna try it. So, let's start over here. We also decided that we're gonna be very honest with our wine reviews, guys. Like if we don't so like it. if we don't like it. So if it sucks, we're gonna tell you. Y'all are gonna know. We're not gonna <laughs> keep it good for you. For the sake of the podcast. We really, yeah. for a second, we really tried to just keep it all positive. But you know, <laughs> you know, if a wine company wanted to sponsor us, you know, we're not gonna lie, some wines suck. Yeah. They really do. So here's yeah, the rose. Okay, I do. I really do oh, actually like that. Whoa! West Michigan does it again. All right, Saint Julian. They okay. sponsor us. They never fail. They me. I was gonna say Saint Julian always makes really yeah, good wine. They literally <laughs> never fail me. <laughs> so good. Gotta love them. All right. Love All right. Them. We ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. 
<laughs> let's let's get, get it. it. <laughs> okay. So Bran is watching as the king and a few other men leave to go hunting. Um, specifically, Rob, Joffrey, Uncle Benjamin, Jory, Theon, Rick, Roderick, and Tyrion. Sorry. <laughs> um, and tomorrow, so the next day, everyone is going to be leaving for King's Landing. Um, so everyone, including the Lannisters, Baratheons, Bran, Ned, Sansa, and Arya. Um, because Ned has accepted the position of Hand of the King. Um, he says he is just so excited for this trip because he actually gets to ride his very own horse to King's Landing. Mm. Not a pony. He gets a big boy horse. We're stepping up in the world. Yes. Yeah. Little Bran is stepping up. Grown up. Um, he also is really excited to go see his new home at King's Landing. And he is particularly very excited to see the Red Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, he also notes that he wants to be part of the Kingsguard someday. Um, so I looked up what the Kingsguard is. It is a royal bodyguard of the throne. They're also known as the White Swords or the White Cloaks. They are sworn to protect their king and royal family with their own lives, obey the king's commands, and keep his secrets. Um, they are sworn for life, so they're not allowed to have... Uh, wife or children um and then it also notes that there are seven men so they're kind of like the secret service right yeah is what i would describe them as yeah so there are seven men in the king's guard um and then in the book it names all of them so i'm just going to read really quickly on page 77 um so first we have serwin of the mirror shield Sir Ryan Redwine. Prince Redwine. <laughs> Redwine. Red, Redwin? Redwine? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, then we have Prince Amon, the Dragon Knight. And then there's two twins. The twins, Sir Eric and Arik. <laughs> so, oh, that's a Yeah, so Eric is with an E and Arik is with an A. I would hate their So parents. instead of dressing your twins alike, you name them the same. <laughs> Um, and then it says these two had died on one another's swords hundreds of years ago when the brother fought sister in the war. The singers called the Dance of the Dragon. The White Bull, Gerald Hightower is the next one. And then there's Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. And then Barristan the Bold. Um, so he, Bran said that two of the Kingsguard actually came to Winterfell with the king. Um, the first one was Sarah Boros. He was described as bald with a jowly face. And then Sir Marin, who had droopy eyes with a rust-colored beard. Um, he said that Jamie Lannister is also part of the Kingsguard, but his older brother Rob always said that, um, he shouldn't be counted as a Kingsguard because he killed the old Mad King. So. Oh. So. I guess uh, they yeah. don't... <laughs> He's a part of it, but the king doesn't want him to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I think he. I him. think Bran like heard so many stories about it and was yeah. told like he shouldn't be counted, yeah. so he doesn't really think of him as part of the king's guard. But well, honestly, you know, he, wouldn't Ned or wouldn't Robert want to count him? Because I mean, when it all comes down to it, Jamie is who killed the Mad King, so that Robert became king. No, Rob. Um, Rob Stark. I'm sorry. No, I know. Oh, okay. I, I just mean, like, how people are saying he shouldn't be counted. Oh, obviously, the king, right. who is right. actually the king Well, I mean, he moment. is a part of the king's guard, yeah. it says. So, obviously, he is he So, is Robert counting. has to be counting him. But then also, if you think about it, 
if he killed the Mad King and he's part of the King's Guard, that means that it's basically like a Secret Service agent killing the president, right? Like yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah. crazy, that's right? Yeah. So that's bad. That's like not trusted. I was yeah. going to say it's yeah. probably not very trustworthy. I imagine they swear an oath to the king as well. So that's probably yeah. pretty bad. And then I did just name him, but the Lord Commander of the King's Guard is Sir Barristan. Um, and Bran is most excited to meet him because Ned promised that when they get to King's Landing that Bran could meet Sir Barristan. So I think he's excited because, like I just said, he's always wanted to be part of the yeah, King's Guard. Yeah, and he's always just heard the stories and how Sir Barristan the Bold, you know? Yeah. So like he's like a... Like he's a, like, yeah, I'm ready to meet him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it's his last day in Winterfell, and Bran's feeling a little lost because this was the only home he's known for the seven years he's been on this world. Um, so Ned tells him to go say his farewells to everyone today. Um, Bran says that there's only a few, like, important ones that he really wants to go say goodbye to. So first we have old Nan, who we've talked about before. She's kind of like the nanny of everyone. Then the cook, the smithy, and Hodor, the stable boy. So he first goes to the stable to say goodbye to Hodor and to his little pony because he, as we know, he's upgrading to a horse now. Um, but he upgrades just, people. Upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that from? What is that from? I forgot. It's, it's just a. Oh, it's from a movie. It's from Robots. Robots. Yes. Oh, oh my god, it's a great movie. <laughs> Oh, Anyways, um, Bran just, bef- like, even before he can say goodbye to anyone, he just gets too emotional. So he starts to cry Poor and then he runs Bran. out. I know. Too much for his little heart. Um, so he runs out. He goes and finds his wolf. And he's trying to teach it fetch. Um, and he was trying to decide on a name for his wolf. Because he knows that all of his other siblings have already named theirs. But he's having trouble um, naming his. Because every single name he's tried for his just hasn't sounded right. So they then go and name all of the the wolves. So if we haven't said it before, Rob's is named Greywind because it runs really fast. That's a cool name. Yeah. Arya is Nymeria and she is named after an old witch queen. Cooler name. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Sansa's, who is Lady Trash. Wow. Uh, that's not good. Some really strong opinions about that one. Okay. Um, Rickon, I think this is so cute. He names yeah. his shaggy dog. Understandable. He's three. Understandable. Exactly. Yeah. He's three and he names it shaggy dog. That's just not so cute. And then John names his ghost because he's white. And that's the coolest one. <laughs> um, and then after a while, he gets really bored of this and he decides to go climbing. All right. So. As he kind of starts to climb, he notes that his wolf is howling at him and is like, literally, it almost sounds like he's yelling at him. And he stops and he says something like, sit, stay. Gosh, you're worse than mother. (laughs) And I just thought that was super funny. I think that's funny because the the wolf's like reprimanding him. (laughs) Like, wait, no. And he's like, shh, stop. Don't tell me what to do, Like, don't tell me what to do. Exactly. Um... So the roof, the rooftops of Winterfell were kind of like Bran's second home. Um, Catelyn often told him that he could climb before he could even walk, which is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this chapter, it says Winterfell. I mean, looking at it from a seven-year-old boy's perspective, all it is is graystone. It's a graystone labyrinth of walls, towers, courtyards, and tunnels spreading in all directions. So. He, Bran compares it to a stone tree that has grown and grown over the centuries. 
which is why we chose native roots. Um, I might actually take a picture and post it somewhere so you guys can see the logo on it, but it's... It's cool looking. I mean, it's called native root and it has roots growing out of the words and it just it's just cool looking and it made us think about... I mean, as the centuries go on, Winterfell yeah. just is, like, taking its roots and, like, spreading, you know? Yeah, and like you said, yeah, it's like an old tree. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so side note about this bottle. It gives you, like, a little, like, range of, like, dry to sweet. And it said this is medium sweet. I just thought that was really what? cool. What? Look at that. This is only medium sweet? Yeah. This is really sweet, then. It yeah. is very sweet. I don't know. I'm confused Sorry. extra sweet is. I was just looking at the back of the bottle. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Um, so... He he kind of says he loves that he can see all of Winterfell in just a glance. So, I mean, just how, I mean, in real life, we can go up to the top of a building and we look out on a city, on a city with all of its lights on at night or something and you see the entire thing and it's beautiful. That's kind of what I'm imagining he's doing is just like looking out on the city on Winterfell and seeing, wow, this is awesome. Um, he says he could stay up there for hours because he can literally just watch the men drilling in the yard, um, cooks tending to their vegetables, and the silence of the godswood. So he literally is seeing each separate part of Winterfell and is seeing how they all work almost as like little separate intervals, which yeah. I think is cool because when you're living there and you're in the town, you you're probably like just that. seeing like, oh, it's all working like a well-oiled machine. You're not seeing all the separate things that go into running a castle. Now you get to see it from yeah, the top. So yeah, so he's seeing all of it and I think that's really cool. Um, So climbing and being on the rooftops kind of gave him the feeling that he's he was the Lord of Winterfell and he kind of feels... Like, he has a leg up on his brother, Rob, who will never know the castle as well as he does. Because, I mean, ha. he's up there all the time. Yeah. Um, he also gets to learn all of the secrets of Winterfell. So, this, I thought this was kind of cute, almost. Um, he, he knows that he can go inside the inner wall by the south gate, climb three floors, and run all the way around Winterfell through a narrow tunnel in the stone, and then come out on the ground level at the north gate. So he's found this completely hidden passageway. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Huh. Think about it. Harry Potter? Harry Potter. The Marauders map? Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's thinking he's getting, you know, he's like, oh, I can, I know all of the little ins and out of the castle that nobody else knows. Like he's and like I mean, that's literally, literally yeah. yeah. And that's literally like, yeah, that's awesome. I yeah. never thought about that. I, like I that. that's I like thought of that as soon yeah. as I like read it. I was like, so after he kind of realizes that he he's got all these little secrets, he even remarks that he's convinced that not even Maester Lewin knows that little secret passage that he found. So he's feeling real special. Mm -hmm. Um, he then kind of starts to think about how afraid his mother is that he'll someday slip and fall while he's climbing, even though he swears up and down, tell her, tells her over and over again, mom, I'm not going to fall. <laughs> um, I promise, Mom. Yeah, exactly. But obviously she's, I mean, she's not going to buy it because the little kid no. thinks he's invincible. Mm -hmm. Whatever. As kids do. So she actually one time made him promise to keep his feet on the ground. But he was only able to keep that promise for like a fortnight and he was miserable the entire time. So once everybody went to sleep that night, um, he actually snuck out of his window and was climbing all night. So then he went to his dad and kind of confessed his crime the next day. 
And Ned sent him off to the Godswood to reflect on his disobedience. And guards were even posted there to kind of make sure that he stayed there. Because I think it's funny. <laughs> um, but it's funny. I loved this because even with guards watching him as he's in trouble, I mean, basically in a timeout in the Godswood, he still sneaks off. <laughs> and next morning, he's found fast asleep in the upper branches of the tallest sentinel in the grove. So he still went off and climbed. Yep. <laughs> um, and the next day, I mean, his dad honestly just started laughing and was like, you're a, you're not my son. You're a squirrel. <laughs> so be it. If you must climb, then climb. But try not to let your mother see you. What a dad thing to do. Uh, right? Yeah. Don't get me into it. I've literally had that where it's like my mom is mad at me about something or my dad is mad at me about something. And then the other one's like, eh. Like, shh. Don't like, tell okay, don't. It's don't okay. tell mom. <laughs> I'll let you do it. Just don't tell. Um, and then... He kind of goes on to think, you know, he he did his best to keep his climbing a secret, but he's not really convinced that he ever really fooled his mom, which he's he's right. (laughs) She then went around asking others to attempt to stop him from climbing since Ned wouldn't forbid it. (laughs) So she's she's kind of being sneaky and saying, hey, hey, if you do this, I'll I'll do this kind of thing. Like she's probably bribing them. Yeah. So she has old Nan tell him this story about a boy who climbed too high and then was struck down by lightning and how afterwards the crows came and were pecking out his eyes, which is pretty vulgar for a seven-year-old. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, come on. Obviously, old, old Nan don't care. <laughs> um, but I, I thought this was funny because Bran, I mean, Bran literally kind of just brushes off this story because he's like, um, I'm the only one that goes up there and... I literally bring food with me for the crows, and they have never shown any sign of wanting to peck my eyes out. He's like, I like his little friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, joke's on you. I'm good good kid worried. logic. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the next one to try was Maester Lewin. Um, he, this is actually one of my favorite ones. Yeah. He builds a little figure of Bran from clay, little pottery figure, and dresses... The little figure in Bran's clothing, oh my gosh. and then throw, <laughs> and then flings it off of the wall into the yard below. You and see what happens. <laughs> you're gonna shatter. You yeah. see what happens when you climb. So obviously, the clay probably <laughs> just shatters into a bunch of pieces. And the whole time, honestly, Bran was describing it as like, "Oh, he found this funny." He he was probably laughing, and he looks at the maester and is like, "Dude." I'm not made of clay. Another the kid maester, logic. The yeah. maester was probably like, well, shit. I, this did not go the way that I planned. That's how I wanted it to go. But yeah, he's like, I'm not made of clay and I never fall. Again, kid logic thinking you're invincible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just, that was so funny to me. Um, but after Maester Lewin tries and fails, then they kind of just have the guards like chasing him whenever they saw him. Which... Honestly, they barely saw him as is just because nobody ever, like, looked up. But when they did see him and they would start to chase him, um, <laughs> they would obviously try to pull him down off of whatever wall he was on. And he thought this was just a game. He was like, oh, I'm playing a game with my brothers. This is fun. This was his favorite, favorite attempt to get him to stop climbing. He literally says, like, this was the best time. <laughs> this was awesome. Um but none of the guards could even climb as well as he could, so they barely, very rarely caught up to him or even caught him kind of thing. Um, 
But like I said, no one ever looked up. So he kind of felt invisible when he was up on the wall, which I thought was funny because as we've talked about before, I mean, Catelyn clearly shows like a favoritism towards Bran. Bran is kind of a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. So then him saying, oh, he likes to be invisible. I'm like, dude, you're you're literally favored by your mom. Who? Yep. What what spoiled kid that's obviously the favorite out of all six, five, six? That's why he got away with it. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. why he keeps getting away with it. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, again, with more about his climbing, um, he actually starts to describe how he just like loves the feeling of climbing on its own. It doesn't even have to be all of the chasing and all of the different ways people are trying to get him to stop. He likes the feeling of stone by stone, his figure, his fingers and his toes digging into the small crevices between the stones as he's pulling himself up. Um, he always climbs barefoot because it makes him feel as if he has four hands instead of two. I thought that was kind of just a funny line. I don't <laughs> not know. A, <laughs> it's not like, a little okay. kid thing. Not um, a little kid thing, yeah. And he also loves, the he as he says, the deep, sweet ache it left in his muscles afterwards. So this weirdo likes to be sore. <laughs> I, <laughs> this weirdo. I could never. I hate being sore. No. <laughs> Um, this weirdo. Then he starts talking about his favorite place to climb, which is the Broken Tower. Um, the Broken Tower actually used to be a watchtower. It was actually the tallest in Winterfell. Um, but a long time ago, actually even before Ned was born, um, it was struck by lightning and it caught fire. And the top third of the structure collapsed and it just had never been rebuilt. I think that's weird. You just never rebuilt it. Yeah, I mean, you just, just like, give ah, up on it. it. Right. I think it was, like, too big of a project. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I mean... Yeah, because they said it was the... Or maybe it was, like, in the middle of a winter or something. Yeah, because they said it was the tallest in Winterfell, so yeah. maybe it was, like, just something extra. you just can't replace. Yeah. You would think you would want that tower back. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, he says his father sends in people every now and then to clear out the lower area of the tower, but no one ever got up as high as Bran did. Um, this is actually, I had a hard time describing this for you guys, but I actually do think it's pretty interesting. Um, he names the two ways of climbing up the tower, the broken tower. So the first way is straight up the side, but, um, the stones are really loose. So he's kind of worried about putting all of his weight on it. He thinks, okay, well, if I put all my weight on it, it's going to fall and he's going to fall. Yeah. So finally, for the first time. He actually sees that he may fall. (laughs) Um, But then the second way to get up and his favorite way was to start the God's Wood, shimmy up the tall sentinel, and then cross over the armory and the guards hall, jumping roof to roof. Um, That then brought you to the blind side of the first keep. Then you go straight to where the gargoyles are and swing from gargoyle to gargoyle around to the north side. Um, Then once you're on the last gargoyle, you can pull yourself up to the broken tower where it leans in close and then you climb up the blackened stones to the Erie, and that's no more than 10 feet. Ooh, that is a lot of work, yeah. man. I mean, he's a like, monkey. He must, he must climb a lot, because that probably took him a long time to figure out yeah, how to get there out safely. Exactly I mean, each one. step that he can describe yes. it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But um, after that, you know, obviously as he's describing how to climb up, he's doing the climbing. Um, and as he's swinging from the last gargoyle trying to get up to the broken tower, he starts to hear some voices. Ah, voices. 
<laughs> so these voices, uh, they startle Bran. Um, and Not he, like, because he wasn't expecting anyone to be up yeah. there. No, yeah, he, he yeah. notes that it's always been him. vacant. Yeah, and right? it's always been him. And it's like, always been there. him. Because you said before, he's the only one that ever goes up there. Yeah, yeah right? and also yeah. when he describes that there's only two ways, apparently there's a third way, because there's somebody in this tower. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my so gosh, I never thought about that. Voices are So these voices are talking about some serious things. Um, and Bran kind of fixes his hands so that he can listen in as to what's going on. Um, and he notices that what they're actually talking about, and if you've read the chapter, it's pretty serious stuff, but they're clearly talking about his father. Um, Ned, Ned. They're talking about Ned. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about how Robert and Ned are best friends. And the first thing they said is you should be the hand. So that immediately gets Bran's attention is like, okay, well, my dad just accepted hand of the king. So what are they talking about? And then they, they talk about how Robert and Ned are best friends. Um, and how it's bad for them, for the people talking that they're best friends. Um, but the man says that he would rather have an honorable enemy than an ambitious enemy. Mm. And so clearly he's talking about Ned because Ned is the most honorable person, yeah. right, in the Seven Kingdoms. So um, they then start to talk about um, Liza Aaron and how they themselves, these voices, feel accused by her. Uh, but she ran away like a frightened cow, they said. Um, even though Robert was supposed to be looking after, as we already know, um, her son, her son yeah. Robert Aaron, right? Um, the woman also states that, that Liza has no proof of her accusations at all. Um, but it doesn't matter. She states that it doesn't matter if Liza has proof of these accusations. The king doesn't love her anyways. So at this point, I mean, it's pretty clear who we're talking about, but Bran still doesn't know. Um, so they continue to talk about Ned um, and about how loyal he is to Robert, but he's loyal to Robert and not the throne. Um, mm-hmm. So they kind of talk about like when Joffrey becomes king later on, how he won't be loyal to him. He's only loyal to Robert. I think that's a very important distinction. Yeah. Being loyal to Robert versus the throne. Versus the throne. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because he's loyal to his friend. Yeah. At least this is what they're saying. He's not looking out for what's good for the throne. He's right. just loyal to who his best friend is. He cares is. about yeah. who sits on the throne, not the throne itself. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so Which, Bran, to be honest, isn't a good... No, that's... Probably not. It's not a not, good... Not good, but... What's the word I'm looking for? Attribute for yeah. the hand yeah, of the king. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it depends on the... I mean, you're, you're the hand of the king, that king. Yeah. Right. I mean, it depends on so, the king, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right. So um, so then Bran becomes kind of frightened. He's starting to realize that this is probably something I shouldn't be listening to. Um, and so he's losing his grip. Um, and now he starts to hear something bad. Um, the book described it as flesh on flesh. Ew. Um, and kissing. Ew! Um, well, Bran doesn't Nasty. describe it as kissing, but it sounds like it sounds like a booty smack, to be honest. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Um, and the woman says, stop. Okay, so that's so, kind of the way it sounds. I have a little... I just want to shout out Martin because I appreciate how he wrote this because right. this chapter is in the viewpoint of a seven-year-old. Right. So just imagine a seven-year-old. I just think he, he has... Yeah, yeah, I think his, he has a lot of dimension. Yeah, and the way he describes it here is because he swings into view of the window. So you can now he's like upside down on the gargoyle looking yeah. into the window. And what he describes is, and I love this because this is exactly how a little kid would describe it. He sees a naked man and woman, and they're they're wrestling. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I I love that. Yeah, that's how, weird. 
That's just that's just yeah. how a little kid would describe that, you know. If they saw that, that's right. what they would describe. Why are they it. wrestling? And yeah. why do they have clothes on? And why are they naked? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, and so then Bran sees some obvious relations. All right, um, but he notes that he sees golden hair. Huh, that's weird. Um, so the woman actually spots Bran because I mean he's. I think it's pretty obvious where Bran is right now. He is upside down, looking through the window like a bat. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's kind of, he's, as you can imagine, it, it's probably pretty obvious that he's staring at them. So she screams. Um, when she screams, Bran loses grip. And he describes how he loses grip. Um, but then he falls and he's able to grab onto the window ledge, but barely. So he's about to fall off. Um, and he notices that these two faces suddenly appear at the window. You notice that one of them is the queen, which we could kind of ascertain from the conversation that was going on. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't say who the other person is. He just says that he recognizes the other person. It's a man that he recognizes. So, but they both have golden hair. No, just one had golden hair. Oh. Only one had golden hair. He describes that the woman had golden hair. Oh. Um, so then he pulls Bran up. Um the man actually grabs Bran, and Bran notes how strong he is. He actually pulls him up, and he asks him how old he is. And he's holding him up and puts him up on the ledge. Um, and Bran quickly replies that he's seven years old. Um, and the queen says, he's, he's seen us. He's seen us. We're caught. You know, this is, you know, this is bad. Um, and the man ignores her, but then looks over at the woman and says, the things I do for love. And with that, he gives Bran a shove, and Bran falls out of the window. And I like the way he describes this because it kind of it's like it's it's a really good cliffhanger. Um, he describes it as Bran, the courtyard came up to meet Bran, and there was nothing left for him to grab. And he ends it with somewhere in the distance a wolf howls, which goes back to what Gabby was saying with. The wolf howling at him not to go climbing. So yeah, it's almost so he's probably like, the like wolf this knows. is what you get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the wolf, I mean, I think it means that the wolf knows yes. what is going to happen to him. He knows this isn't safe. So our discussion questions for this uh, chapter, um, these are some pretty good ones. We want to keep it kind of vague, not serious. Um, yeah. Especially the second questions. It can be serious. Don't put any serious stuff just in there. Just be careful. Yeah, I put an AKA in there so you just PG-13, know what we're talking guys. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the first question is, yeah, the first question is, as a kid, were you a climber? And I know I was. Yep. I climbed things all the time. Yeah, Lexi and I were just talking about how we have um, an aunt that lives in Indiana that we used to, as kids, we used to go visit. Um, she has a farm. And we used to love the place. And they, um, she had a bunch of like, she had one really big tree in the front, and then she had a bunch of smaller trees. And we used to, I mean, honestly, all the adults were inside playing games or doing whatever they were doing, and Lexi and I were always out there in the trees. Yeah. So, eh, I wasn't really a climber. I actually, I, okay. So this is the weird thing about me. I love roller coasters and stuff, and I don't mm-hmm. get scared of heights on those because it goes really fast down. Yeah. I am scared of heights. So well, I am now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I I know there was an internship I did when I was in college, 
and we took these kids to like a high ropes course (gasps) and I legit like even before I got on the ropes part it was just the ladder going up no I had like a panic attack I was like I can't do it (laughs) so no I wasn't really a climber it's funny when you're when those fears like kind of develop in you as you grow up because I mean if I were to go climb a tree now I'd probably get up I could probably get myself up there yeah but then once I'm up there I'd probably be like Oh, it's yeah. a really far drop. Yeah. yeah. When when I was a kid, I would always at my grandma's house. They had rows of these, like the soft, you know, the soft needle pines, like the ones that oh, have yeah. really long needles. I used to be able to climb all the way to the top, and I would try to get to the very tippy top of it. But obviously, like your feet can't fit and your hands can't yeah. fit. But it you would try to get small. as far yeah. up as you can, and obviously, it gets a little bendy when you mm-hmm. get up to the top. Um, but that that's ours. But <laughs> make sure you answer that one. Um, the second one we have, and this is where I'm talking about, like, keep it loosey-goosey here, guys. Be appropriate. Um, yeah. If, have you ever fell into a conversation when you were a kid that you were not supposed to hear? And I'm putting AKA Santa. Like, did you ever hear that, like, Santa wasn't real before yeah. you knew that Santa wasn't real? I mean, personally, I, I don't think I ever, like, overheard a conversation like that. Um, I never, I mean, honestly, the magic for what Santa. Just blocked it out? The ma- I mean, maybe. But the magic for Santa was never taken away from me. I genuinely don't remember when I found out that Santa wasn't real. I genuinely do not remember that. So I'm thinking that that's like a memory that we like. Maybe we blocked it out. Oh, I straight up, I was straight up like asked my parents, "Is Santa real?" Uh, I think I figured it out. Yeah, I think I figured it out on my own. But I do know that what I will say is, um, again, not giving away too much information, but working with kids like Olivia and I do um, all the time. I mean, if a holiday came up, we had one, it was, um, what was it? St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of us teachers were going around putting up the cute little sparkly green footprints all over the classroom. Oh, sorry. If there's kids listening, um, leprechauns are real. What? <laughs> but but if you're a kid listening, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be listening to us. But anyway, um, but... You know, then the kid, the older kids walk in the next morning and see the decorations or even the elf on the shelf kind of thing. They see that and they're like, <laughs> the teachers are doing that. Yeah. And they're trying to ruin yeah. it for the younger kids. And that used to make me so yeah. mad. So <laughs> me personally, never. But I've seen it, I guess. I, so <laughs> my dad is a big jokester. Um, he would always like when I, yeah, when I would like lose a tooth, he'd be like, put on there. Like he would wake up the next morning and be like, I caught the tooth fairy last night, oh. and but I let her go, and I had some questions for her or whatever, you know. Uh, and uh, so I always like he would he would do this all the time. Like every time I lost a tooth, he would tell this story. So I thought I would stay up and wait for the tooth fairy to come so I could catch her. So I was awake. Mistake, I know. So I was awake, but I was pretending to be asleep, mm-hmm. and I saw my parents come in oh, and like no. put money on her. <laughs> You ruined the magic. I know. I, you know. (laughs) Uh, So our last question is, um, who do you think the man was, the man was that was with the queen in the tower? We're not going to answer this question. That is left up to your devices. And I want people to answer the question. Not because you've seen the show. Not because you've seen the show. If you were just, okay, let's all imagine. Let's all play pretend really quick. None of us have seen the show. We're only reading the book. And this is the first time we're reading it. We know one thing. That's how it's I want you guys to answer. Ned. It's not Ned because they were it's talking about Ned. It's not the king. It's either. not Ned. Yeah, so Ned is out. You cannot say Ned. It's definitely not the king. 
Because they're talking about him, too. Yes. It's not Lady Aaron. So. Throw that out there. <laughs> it's not her, either. And it's not Bran. Because he's hanging out with window. So we got, like, three people that we know it's not. No, it's not. So there's a whole no, no worries, guys. list here. So go ahead and answer those questions, guys. Oh, I'm excited to see what you guys answer. Yeah. All right, make sure you guys follow us on our social medias. Um, on Facebook, we are a Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, at Game of Wines 1. Also on YouTube, at Game of Wines Podcast. And also on our Podbean account. Um, that is it for this week's episode. Next episode, we are going to be talking about the first Tyrion chapter. Yay! So make sure you read that chapter before the next episode. And thank you so much for listening.